world, world, the most diabolical haters this side of the Mississippi. Yeah, yeah. New Ghostface, glorious day, true God. Check it out, y'all. We back. Yes, yes, y'all. Fake yeah. the Derby. Mask Avengers. I'm here to sharpen your sword. All praises due to your map. Yo, 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 yo. What is up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? We are back in the building. It's Dan Carson and your man, Matt King, back with another episode. This is episode 11 of the Player Haters Podcast. Matt, what is really good? Dan, that was a beautiful falsetto, I have to say. That was uh, that was like an angel opening ah. the podcast. Ah. Hit those high notes for you, girl. You <laughs> this, know, it's been a comes minute. out of nowhere. I got a little... <laughs> It's got the got the spirit exploding out of me today. We're we're on the cusp of a Super Bowl. We got the NBA All Star Game coming up. We got the country ending soon. You know, we got a lot going on here. The shits is lit, and I am very excited. No matter what fate we all befall, or the Are Falcons. You excited, <laughs> I'm excited. The fucking Falcons. I, I'm excited about the Super Bowl, Dan. Are you excited about the Super Bowl at all? I am not fucking excited for the Super Bowl. Why? Okay, let me amend that. I am excited for the halftime uh, show where Lady Gaga goes double birds to the bureaucracy and resists in front of, I don't know, hundreds of millions. I don't know how many people watch this fucking thing. (laughs) A lot of viewers and a lot of children. Do you think there's going to be a political statement made during the Super Bowl? There is during the a, during the halftime show. There's a very strong chance that the NFL gets their own Sinead O'Connor moment with Lady Gaga. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing: we haven't had a crazy Super Bowl in a long time. I think the the last sort of crazy thing that happened at Super Bowl was MIA giving the middle finger, which was like mm-hmm. child's play yeah. compared to what's gone on before. The last two times we've had. Coldplay, which you knew nothing was going to happen there, mm-hmm. and then uh, yeah. and then it was what Fuck. Katy Perry, uh, and the only thing yeah. that really happened there was like the left shark dancing around, just like just a couple memes, not a big deal. I want yeah. something that like just kind of like overtakes the game. That's I want a Janet Jackson <laughs> Nipplegate sort of halftime. Like crazy shit happening, and I think Lady Gaga has a chance to do that. I, I mean, she can she can come out in like a meat dress or something like yeah. just whatever she's wearing just to start <laughs> with is gonna it's gonna blow shit up. But like, you also have to think that she's also like someone with like a huge okay. like gay following, and like Trump is like very anti whatever. So like, you know that there's like a huge chance for her not only to make a statement. But, like, to just to go, cra- like, to way over the top, crazy, like, that's all anyone's going to be talking about after the game. That's what I'm hoping mm-hmm. for. I I agree. I like that you uh, started, we have, like, the term meat dress out there within three minutes of the start of the show. Yes. That's strong work. Um, I agree. I, I want something wild. I'm thinking, like, Lady Gaga invites, like, Sean Spicer up onto the stage, and she's like, Sean, here, let me show you how to dab, and then pulls out the actual nuclear football that President Trump's supposed to have access to, and is like, I'm going to burn this entire motherfucker to the ground if you guys don't let three-year-old Iranian kids into our nation. (laughs) 
I, I mean, want def. I want defcons. Yeah, I want defcons to be triggered. Like the NFL is definitely like I don't. I think they asked Lady Gaga before they knew Donald Trump was going to be president. And if they knew <laughs> that he was going to be president, they would have asked like Paul McCartney to come back again. Oh, you know, like God. they would have yeah. some some boring old white guy like handle it. But instead, yeah. they've got like Smash Mouth. <laughs> Smash like yeah. the internet would love a Smash Mouth Super Bowl oh, halftime show God. so would, much. Oh. Like the the oh, ironic liking of Smash Mouth would just like go to a whole new oh, level. Just the millennial irony jack off <laughs> carnival that would go on after that shit. Oh, get your game on. Yeah, no, I mean they definitely they definitely were like, all right, every the country's still gonna be here. Everyone's gonna like each other. And we're gonna have Lady Gaga because she's she's established herself as like the queen of pop. And then the Trump election occurred, and they're like, "Oh shit! Oh man, we just we just invited uh, Yoko Ono uh, into yeah. the middle of the biggest concert of the entire calendar year." To make so up I'm for really it, excited to see what she does. Yeah, to make up for it, they had Luke Bryant come and sing the national anthem. They're like, oh, we gotta, we gotta fucking do something for the Republicans. Like, we gotta, we gotta get a yeah. some bro country yeah. going on. But no, I, I yeah, do think we gotta give the. <laughs> I do think that Lady Gaga, like, it's gonna be good. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, so, so this I, is kind of like that's a prop bet, though. Like, w- when is Lady Gaga gonna go double birds to the world? That's a prop bet. There should be I a prop, love prop bet. bets, especially Super Bowl prop bets. Um. Just because it's like, you know, playing the money line, doing the over-unders, that's all fine and good. But, like, I want to get fucking weird. I want, like, to bet specifically to a point where no one can question, like, my degeneracy. Like, I want options. Weird options. Here's one. Here's one you you might like. Uh, I was going to ask, what do you got? What color will Lady Gaga's hair be when she starts her halftime show? And what color will be when it ends? I know. That's the thing that I love about this prop bet. It's not just like, what color will her hair be during the halftime show? It's yeah. like, we yeah. we need to we need to account for a lot of hair color changes during... The, let's just say, yeah. what color will it be when it starts? So, it's a minus 500 for blonde, and then any other color... I don't even see any uh, any numbers by it. So, I think they're pretty, they're pretty heavy on blonde. Pretty heavy on blonde. I feel like that's a safe bet. You know, also, maybe something avant-garde buzzing the entire head during the concert, for real. That'd be wild. I respect that. There's too Um, much stuff to to go on to really be able to predict something like that, like what the first performance will be. Um, Here's one of my favorites. Uh, The Gatorade colors dumped on the winning coach. What a fucking dumb bet. It's uh, <laughs> it's clear slash That's a real water. Bet, though. Yeah, is is the leader along with green, yellow, and orange. They're all the same. Uh, and and blue, blue is plus seven fifty, which I personally would go for because like I think cool blue is the best Gatorade flavor out there right now. I don't know what you think, but it's a strong uh, take. <laughs> and here and here's my strong thing. Take. I've even, I've got an even stronger Gatorade take. My favorite Gatorade flavor is not even available anymore, and I'm furious about it. I was all in wow. on the Gatorade Fierce Melon, 
And I apparently was the only one in the world that felt that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Have you been trying it? What what flying J truck stop did they experimentally release that to where you're like, oh, I found this fierce melon. I mean they still I have no idea what that is. They still have the fierce grape available, I think, but the melon they've just like gotten rid of. And I love the melon. I think maybe I just got started in college and like you know how you don't have like your taste taste buds aren't like fully developed in college but you still kind of like i know when you're in college you get hooked on the melon yeah exactly it happens to all of us at one point or another but they don't have melon anymore so so i've had to i've had to adjust the cool blue which i used to make fun of my friend for liking because i'm like that's not even a flavor that's a color cool blue (laughs) like the fuck is that there are blue tastes but now it's the one that i get all the time so that would be i would put i would put some money down on blue just because i feel like it's a superior gatorade flavor all right. Well, we have a Gatorade. We have a blue, blue cooler uh, Homer here. So you guys remember, play the smart money, and fierce melon isn't a thing. Uh, I, I honestly, I'm a gat, a gape over that. Um, I, I personally want something that I don't think is done anywhere. Is why aren't we betting on commercials? Why aren't there commercial props? Why? I understand that, like, baby talks to animal, like, they would have to pull that bet immediately. That you, couldn't even be on the board. You know why they don't um, put uh, they don't put prop bets about commercials? is because the brands would ruin it, Dan. They would fucking ruin it. There would be, like, a prop oh, bet. Yeah. It's like, how many times... They're will the doing word, fine already. How many times will the word <laughs> sriracha be said in a Wendy's commercial? Like that sort oh, of shit. Man. If I could take one word and throw it into the void, it's fucking sriracha. Uh, but yeah, you, you say, okay, I guess we have to wait for the brands to start ruining everything because, you know, clearly they're doing just fine right now. Yeah. Um, okay, here's one that I want, though. It's If I could have one commercial prop bet is... I want to be able to bet on whether or not there will be that one horrifyingly dark commercial oh, that man. kills everyone's vibe. Dude, like, they have to Sorry, take like that the off the board. Health. There's absolutely going to be that. It's become its own genre. Like the, oh shit, children die. Dude, na- nationwide, that nationwide took it to a whole new level, man. I mean, uh, like I couldn't... I couldn't stop laughing at all the Twitter jokes where people being like, Nation, why? Because your kid died. You know? (laughs) That was, you know, for 2015, that was good Twitter. That was good. You know, we're we're clearing the throats. We're warming up the throttles. That was really good. But, yeah, the nationwide one was literally just like, kids die. (laughs) Crazy, right? Like... That was an entire, like, million-dollar ad campaign. And then they did the typical, like, the very expected, oh, we want to start a dialogue. Right, yeah. This wasn't, like, a commercial. No, we want to make you – we want you to inhale queso dip through your nose and (laughs) literally stop everything and have to, like, tell people to leave your house because – a child that looks like yours is just like, yeah, I would have been here except I got hit by a, a Volkswagen. Yeah, and then you and you got like the you got like the Tim Tebow like anti-abortion commercials like like those sort of ones like there's definitely like there's no chance that we're gonna get through a Super Bowl especially in this day and age without some dark deep yeah. shit like being pushed on us. So prop bets aside, yeah. Dan, 
what I want to know is, who do you have in the game? Oh, fuck everyone. Fuck all. Come on. Each one in the eye. Well, the the answer, What's I'm wrong a Saints with... fan. Yes. Oh, I'm so a Saints you, fan. So the Falcons are division and... rivals and... Yeah, so, I mean, it's simple to me, even still. The answer is the Falcons. You think they're going to win, or you want them to win? I want them to win. They're, I do not think they're going to win. Okay, so that's the thing. That's that's the question. Who do, who do you think is going to win? Like, what what's your score prediction? Uh, I don't fucking care. 35-24? Um, <laughs> thir- to 24? <laughs> Patriots? I really... <laughs> I'm just talking about talking about Bilicek victories ahead of time. It's just one of those things that just like it feels so futile. I, one of my former colleagues, Micah Peters, put this very well this week. He said he's like, you know, Bill Bilicek knows when and how each of us will die <laughs> and, and plans accordingly. I mean, and as much know, as it's I just was one of those things like, yeah. My brain becomes frozen and numb when I think about the inevitability that is another Patriots fucking Super Bowl and more people going, Tom Brady could play until he's 12, year, 12 more years, like until he's like 53. Okay, go ahead. Uh, but No, I mean like <laughs> all valid points. But at the same time, wouldn't you love to see Tom Brady play 12 more years? I mean, as, as much as he can be annoying and like a brand whore and all that stuff, but like... Wouldn't it be incredible to see a guy like he's super old in NFL terms and he's like, it's like he, he's as old as uh, Peyton Manning was last year when he was basically like a dead yep. guy. It was like they were weakened at burning him. Your, on the field. Uh, your mic's doing the thing again. Ah, motherfucker. All right. I'll, I'll, uh, pl- unplug and plug it back in. Okay. Can you hear me? Set. 13, 14 minute section. Can you hear me? Dan, can you hear me? I can't hear you. Okay. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me? I can hear you. You can hear me. I still can't hear you. Still nothing? Motherfuck. It's always this fucking mic. I don't understand what the deal is. All right, hold on. I'll let you know if I hear anything. Just keep fiddling. Okay, how about now? Yep. Okay, cool. I hear you. All right, right. so I'm going to jump back in on Tom Brady. Yeah, just say, but wouldn't it be cool if he... Okay. But wouldn't it actually be cool if he did play for like 12 years? I mean, if you think about it, Tom Brady is like super old for an NFL player. Like, he's about the same age as Peyton Manning was when like the the Broncos basically weakened and burnied him like a dead guy, <laughs> like throwing throwing uh, passes. Like they really did do that. Yeah, and and he's like not even like no one's even mentioning the word retirement. So like it's it's kind of cool, even though Tom Brady is very annoying. And yes, Bill Belichick is the, like an evil mastermind genius, but like he's you know whatever. But like the thing that I, I can't wrap my my brain around is I would love to see. Roger Goodell have to hand over the trophy to Tom Brady and all that, like after Deflategate, all that bullshit. But as much as I would love to see that, the amount of joy that would bring to all the most annoying Boston fans, I can't abide it. Like, that's the thing. Like, I would enjoy it, but knowing that other people 
would enjoy it more who don't deserve to enjoy it, then I don't want it to happen. No, Boston deserves nothing nice. Right. At all. At this point. At any time. Sports-wise, Boston needs to be just, like, detonated, and uh, and we'll just start from scratch there. No, no, they need to... They've had an unprecedented run of, like... When when I started becoming aware of sports, like, uh, of age to, like, <laughs> learn team names and all that stuff, do you remember the Patriots then? Like, they were basically, like, the San Jose Sharks. They were, like, they were like an any given Sunday team. They were so bad. I mean, I knew the logo. I knew the dude with the weird hat snapping a football. Like, that's really all I remember about the Patriots. Yeah. yeah. But to get back to uh, what you were saying earlier, yeah, Tom Brady is annoying. Yeah, you're understanding all this shit about Tom Brady. <laughs> Tom Brady is he, – he's jumped the shark over annoying to literally galling. Yeah. Like that but, quote this week. Yeah. I could have let I could have let Tom Cook for another 10 years oh, if man. he had said literally anything but the exact words he said that left his mouth when asked about uh Donald Trump and uh the Muslim ban and refugee situation. I thought oh here's here's how bad it was. I thought it was already a meme that was being recycled with the quote <laughs> that people were dropping uh like really dumb childish like words on top of i thought it was a joke that was i fake. thought it was a meme i missed out on that's how bad i'm like okay so what did he really say no he literally just looked like even magic johnson sitting there like <laughs> damn i could learn from this guy like he just gazed straight into the middle of a nimbus cloud and said like flowers are here like he he had no he said, there was no I'm a answer to it. Guy. Yeah, he could have he could have snapped his fingers twice and said "uh uh-uh, uh girl," and that would have been a more cogent response to the plight of uh, <laughs> disenfranchised individuals across the world yeah. trying to navigate their way to America. That would have been a more politically tactful and just thoughtful answer than like I don't know. I watch a lot of Netflix when I'm not <laughs> you know playing football. But, you know, I opened a fortune cookie yesterday. Like, it, it was It, it was Seriously, so it's like, I I mean, listen, man, I don't really watch CNN, but, like, have you guys seen Stranger Things? Because let me talk about that for a little bit. What is happening with Winona Ryder, am I right? Like, that's kind of what he did. I would have preferred a, a brief oral recap of <laughs> the first season of Stranger Things than him just, like, looking everyone dead in the face and just being like, I ha- I put my head inside my urethra when I'm not in front of you people. Like <laughs> I, I I don't uh, yeah I, I it feels like a canned answer that like three different canned answers entered his brain at the same time and they were all very bad and he picked the worst sentence from each one of those and they proceeded to march out of his face. Uh, so yeah, it's hard to it's, it's hard to root about the page hard to root for the Patriots. It's like what it boils down to. Like the Falcons, <laughs> the Falcons are the That's underdogs. The Falcons have like less baggage from the outside world. They've got Julio Jones, which is he's a machine, like brought to like an alien brought to Earth to like catch touchdowns, and like it's fun to watch. He's like the Russell Westbrook of football. Yeah, he's amazing. Exactly. So like everyone's rooting for the Falcons, and literally like ten percent of the world thinks the Falcons are gonna have have a shot. 
Yeah. It, it reminds me, yeah, I mean, and this is like, Dan, this is lose. probably a little bit before your time. It reminds me of the last time <laughs> the Falcons were in the Super Bowl uh, against John Elway's Denver Broncos. And it was it was like yeah. the same thing. It was like they're the fun sort of upstart going against a veteran quarterback, yeah. like in the, the dominating team. But everyone's like, I don't know, man, maybe the Falcons got a shot. And then they got killed. So that's how I, yeah. that's what I think is going to happen. And, and, I, I love that, like, most of the country is rooting for the Falcons. Like, that's a fun thing when we can all kind of unify behind yeah. one team. We can, you know, we can all agree on the Patriots more than pretty much anything else as a nation, which is, <laughs> you know, both, you know, exciting and sad as anything has ever been said. But uh, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, the, the Falcons... Okay, put it this way. Here's another angle of looking at this Super Bowl because we're we're picking on like some very niche type of things. Like I love Super Bowls nowadays, especially when the league is so into pushing narratives and kind of sculpting uh, sculpting its own story from start to end every year. It wants to sell you the most magical Disneyland fucking experience possible as these guys beat their brains into an early grave. I love when there's no there's no storyline between the <laughs> Super Bowl opponents. There's literally no history here. There's no way there, to connect everyone's them. scrambling to find like some like a receipt from like '96 or something that maybe I don't know. There's there's nothing there, and people are going crazy because there's not some sort of like Eli Manning could unseat Tom Brady like there's no yeah there's, like if, there's no history there's if, nothing if the Packers had somehow managed to beat the Falcons like it would be Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady for the legacy you know like all-time greatest quarterback like they were just like the media was just like salivating uh, for it and instead they got Matt Ryan and like no one can even like uh, make a case from Matt Ryan being like at Tom Brady's yeah. level, you know, like he's had a great yeah. season. He was like the, yeah. the number one quarterback for like yards and everything, but like no one's even trying to touch the Matt Ryan versus Tom Brady thing because like, he doesn't even stand a chance like in that comparison. Yeah. So it's, it's really just kind of like the underdog narrative. It's really all they got. Like the yeah. Patriots yeah. are the, the machine that just gets to the Super Bowl year after year. And the Falcons, like, were on hard knocks a few years ago and, like, you know, haven't been in the playoffs in a while and, like, now fucking look at them. So, I, like, everyone loves an underdog. Yeah. They had one of my favorite lines. Um, I forget exactly who said it, but uh, they were, they're playing the Redskins. It was during practice camp and, like, during hard knocks and after some dust up two guys like two falcons walk off to the side and one of them after like this long steady like continuous shot 15 seconds just looking at these dudes watching practice dude just finally goes let's get the fuck out of richmond (laughs) (laughs) and i was just like yes i want that on my grave let's get the fuck out of richmond all right so that's definitely enough nfl this is our Super Bowl issue. This is our Super Bowl episode, which we will now proceed to fill with basketball. Um, Make sure you guys take all the things we that have, we said and put them, put money on it because take it to the bank. Dan's prediction of thirty-five to twenty-four. <laughs> he put a lot of thought into that 24. prediction. I put as much <laughs> as I needed to into that prediction. 
every ounce of enthusiasm I had for it went into that thought. So we have another thing that I actually do have, um, you know, a shit in the world to, to say about. Matt suggested a little thing because we, we tend to uh, profusely praise one or another player, multiple NBA players every week. We decided to actually, you know, organize it and actually make it like a thing that where we're not just rambling without telling you where this is going. We're calling it, Matt, drumroll. The litmus test. Who is hot this week in the NBA? Who is passing the litmus test for you in the NBA right now? Well, I'm, I'm excited to get to yours because we got to talk about it. But for my, my guy right now that I'm just like obsessed with is Isaiah Thomas. I mm-hmm. love Isaiah Thomas. Like, I love little guys. <laughs> like, you know how much I love Tyler Eulis. Like, Mm-hmm. He can only dream of becoming as good as Isaiah Thomas is. Mm-hmm. And the thing that is so unique about Thomas is, like, people are still kind of questioning him, like, defensively. You know, he's a mismatch and things like that. But, like, offensively, the the, the way that this man, like, gets buckets, like, night after night, and including the fourth quarter when he does his work, like, I mean... It, it, it's it's beautiful because it's just like it's just a dude you know it's not like LeBron James who is a <laughs> who is a god of a man just a dude he's just he's just a guy and he's just he's just so fast and like he's just so good at basketball like that's the thing the NBA <laughs> the NBA is just filled with like specimens like just athletes yeah. in general like they have some of the best athletes in the world. But, like, sometimes it's just, like, a guy that's, that's super good at basketball. Like, whatever whatever <laughs> faults he has, he just knows how to put the ball in the basket. I love these sentences that you're saying right now. <laughs> I love these sentences. He's super fast, and he's just super good at basketball. And in the NBA, the National Basketball Association, you have a lot of specimens. But sometimes, every once in a while, you have a guy who's, good at, who's just good at basketball. He's just good at basketball. <laughs> And in professional it's, basketball, it's sound, no, I know what it you sounds mean. I crazy, know what you mean. but like that's basically what it what it is. Like he's not well, you, yeah. he's not someone you're gonna point like if you put him next to literally ten other NBA players, you're not gonna say he's the best. But like he knows no. how to play basketball, and the point of the game is to put the ball in the basket, and he does it just about better than anyone else. No, I agree. Like that's we we're so spoiled these days with the NBA's. Like we expect you to be a freak athlete who also can finish everywhere. Mm-hmm. Who can like you're you're an athlete and mm-hmm. you know and what? And it's rare because he is kind of like a throwback. Like like Larry Bird was not a you know a specimen, <laughs> right. if you will. Like, but he could just do shit that like bent rules of the universe that we are used to you know holding. But yeah, like Isaiah Thomas is great because like you could he's one of the few NBA players you could put him in a Best Buy uh, polo in Tacoma, Washington, and people would be asking him for like Geek Squad assistance. Like he don't say Washington. Can, he 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 went to school in Washington. Come on, man. Like pick a better state. No, but like <laughs> you know how many pe- how many Washington people live in Washington. <laughs> That's a good point. There's a <laughs> lot of Washington people in Washington who have no idea who this small man who uh, who's working at the front counter checking receipts at, at Best Buy. He could get away with it. Like the the point is, like he yeah he could he could be anybody. 
the I, I also love how he is so specific in his unique basketball skill set. He's like a rocket sled. He has one direction and it's all the way very fast. And uh, there's no like he he's a car without reverse. He doesn't do the defense. He like <laughs> gets like he gets sent on like a homeward bound great adventure every time there's a pick and roll situation right. on the defensive end. It's, like it, he just gets carried off with the tide. But yeah, it's not like Westbrook. God damn, he's the, the rocket analogy. Yeah. Like Westbrook is the guy that like has absolutely one direction and he's going in hard. Oh, yeah. Like Thomas is a little bit more like composed and like under control than Westbrook and obviously less of an athletic freak than he is. But, like, the, you know, he's like a little mini Westbrook in that way. Like, he's just a guy who knows the angles. He can get in there. It doesn't matter how tall he is. He just gets buckets, and I appreciate that. Yeah. No, the rocket sled, by the rocket sled thing, I was trying to, I was trying to say is, like, he has probably the most, like, I just want to, maybe it sounds bad, but like one dimensional, one way, this is one thing he does very extremely well. Like Westbrook also has the rebounding. He can like do chase down blocks and stuff. Right. Isaiah Thomas just goes on the offensive end mm-hmm. and then turns into a microwave. <laughs> like he doesn't do, like the defense is like, that's not a thing that worries him. That's mm-hmm. not, he is like A, not athletic, but B, like it's singular in that like, if you're athletic, you can just be one-dimensional athlete guy. Yeah. He's not athletic, and he's still one-dimensional, just point bucket machine. Yep. Like, roll triple cherries jackpot every time on the on the offensive end. And he knows his body extremely well and angles. It's insane. So that is your litmus test champion. Yes. That is – that's – we have Isaiah Thomas. All right. I see your Isaiah Thomas, Matthew, and I raise you – one Dion Waiters. Yes. Dion Waiters. D. Oh. Napalm made flesh. Literally the he is having he is having an even more extended Coke dream than most <laughs> Dion Waiters coat mid season Coke dreams. He is in like he's you can see the confidence in him. Mm-hmm. He also he single handedly brought back the B Boy stance. <laughs> he slayed Let's let's make sure we get this sentence down. He's he slayed the Golden State Warriors with a game winning yeah. shot against his former teammate Kevin Durant, who I'm sure if he had the chance, he would say, "You never believed in me, Kevin. This is for you." He freighted him. He freighted him. Really, we have enough video evidence to prove that Kevin Durant did not believe in Dion Waiters. There's a million clips of Dion Waiters just begging for the ball. Well, Durant goes one on one. Like, yeah, stadium security doesn't believe in Dion Waiters, <laughs> <laughs> but he feeds on that, and it feels like uh, there's actually some traction with this burst of confidence. Like, there might be some rollover waiters yeah. going on right now. He hit a second game-winning shot, and I tuned in. I mean, I try not to watch uh, the Heat because I like me, but when I do, the last time I tuned in, I just watched the first quarter. It was like four minutes in. They're like, Dion Waiters has nine points. I'm like, fucking yeah, yeah. Dion. Live your truth. I'm not clicking around at that ride point. Ride this rocket sled. I mean, that's the thing, like, yeah. Dion Waiters, so Dion Waiters, absolutely, like, an NBA, like, inside joke, you know? Like, he's a guy that just, yeah. like, 
hoisted up. Like he thinks everything's going in. He's the epitome of an irrational confidence guy. But like the best thing yeah. about irrational confidence guys like waiters is when enough good things happen in a row that it just becomes rational confidence. <laughs> That's like a sight to behold. That's true. It's, That's a, it's essentially true. like he becomes Steph Curry in a way. Like Steph Curry is a rational <laughs> confidence guy. He pulls up from wherever because there's enough like data to back up what he's doing. And when well, beyond no waiters, it's not like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not like a lunar calendar tides aligning type of situation. Like, you're exactly right. It's like every, you know, every 70 years or so, like these locusts migrating all happen to go at the same time. Like that's how Dion Waiter catches fire. And, and like Steph has like, yeah, I had no, I have ability. I don't need to, you know, like luck to fire twice in a row for me to uh, reach Super Saiyan levels. But the question is like, how is there another level for waiters? Is there realistically like... Is there any reality where you see waiters actually having ascended to not great, but like a resting higher level of confidence where he's just more DGAF mode than even usual? I mean, the the ceiling for waiters is this. Like what he's doing right now <laughs> is as good as it's going to get. Like the, the question is how long... I want to believe. How long can he keep this up? But like, honestly, man... Every time I watch Waiters play, I go back to the rookie sophomore skills challenge from like five, six years ago, where he went toe to toe with Tim Hardaway Jr. of all people. Do you remember this at all? No, I don't. Okay, you need to go watch the video because he made the rookie skills challenge, whoever, and like him and Tim Hardaway Jr. traded like long clutch threes for like five minutes like no one else on the team handled the ball or took shots these two guys <laughs> just went back to back and like actually i i'm starting to remember this and that's I'm starting to that's how this. i remember waiters and like yeah tim hardaway jr okay whatever like let's let's just forget about that part but like waiters is the guy that like because of that moment i always feel like he's the one that wants to take those shots and not only wants to take him, but like believes beyond a shadow of the doubt that they're going in. So that's why I love waiters, and I love to see this moment. Like I, I know it's not going to last. I know we talked about this. this is his ceiling. This is about as good as he's going to get. But like, there's no way he <laughs> keeps this up. It's only going to go down from here. So let's just enjoy this moment while it lasts. Well, well said, Matt. Well said. Full waiters is fleeting. <laughs> Beautiful but fleeting. Um, I, I think this transitions nicely into another uh, topic we want to discuss. It's uh, it's almost that time for another annual column of mine. Uh, one NBA all-lit team. Uh, a tradition we started last year. I started last year with a 2016 all-lit team. And uh, I feel like if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know the criteria for being on the all-lit team. But anyways, we'll explain it. Um, being all lit is a lifestyle and, uh, it's on and off the court. And it means basically living every day of your life, every moment on and off the court in between the lines, like you're actively acting out the plot to a fast and furious, uh, sequel. 
Like that is the attitude you you are pulling up from forty. You're 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 living the Dion Waiters full waiters dream. Um. So my question for you is, for this year, who is established? Who is a new all litter who's established themselves as not giving a fuck and willing to pull up on anybody? <sighs> Shit, I don't know, man. Like. The, the guy that gets a lot of credit as an all-lit player is Nick Young. Swaggy P. Yeah. Love Swaggy mm-hmm. P. However, yeah. from, like... All-lit all-star. I, I kind of love Lou Williams. Like... Yes. <laughs> I, All right. I don't know if I've ever seen Lou Williams miss a shot. Like, I'm, I'm not really sure... Because every time I tune into a Lakers game, for some <laughs> fucking reason, Lou Williams is just scorched earth. Like, just hitting everything, he, pulling up from wherever. And, like, there's, like, I don't even know where he came from. Like, I don't have an, a knowledge of Lou Williams beyond, like, two years ago. But I love watching Lakers games just because almost every Lakers game I watch is, like, the Lou Williams statue game, in my opinion. Well, yeah, that's because uh, Lou Williams didn't exist before two years ago. He was brought forth with a smash, like a snap of fire, when Rasheed Wallace and J.R. Smith rubbed shoulders in a in a stadium tunnel one time, and that's how Lou Williams was born. No, but he literally—it's funny because, like the when I think of Lou Williams, I think of the NBA 2K microwave badge, which is the if you. If you have this badge, you hit one shot, and it is all green light from you for here on mm-hmm. out. Like, you need no – like, you get the waiter's confidence really easy. And he is literally – I think he's the inspiration for the microwave badge. And it, it does feel like anytime I watch a Lakers game, there's like, oh, yeah, there's, you know, Lou Williams just being basically Isaiah Thomas <laughs> Just getting buckets. And – and yeah, like making like five dollars coming off the bench and taking over a fourth quarter. I would like to see him. This is another topic, but I would love to see him on the Cavs. Like, uh, yeah, him or Brandon Jennings. That, yeah, him or, in an ideal world. Oh my God, they. So I, I they know he, I know he's bench. not like the kind of flashy player that you look for on the All Lit team, but I want to put Lou Williams on there just because. I like yeah. every time I see him on the court, it's just like buckets and confidence and just like swag because he knows he can just put it in the basket anytime he wants. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Like, you know, there's not like the crazy hijinks and stuff, but like there is a je ne sais quoi to <laughs> all lit, to the all lit uh, label. Like, it, it's not always like Pipe Town, Hennessy, Instagram right. posts and stuff like that. Like, you know, you tend to know All Lit when you see All Lit. Mm. And then, like, he definitely gives off that ambiance. So I did, I've the I've come up with a roster for, an initial roster, first draft of my 2017 All Lit team. I have three teams, first team, second team, third team, and actually reserves. Ooh. Lou Williams made, uh, made shooting guard for my third team. Okay, all right. He's, he's. Yeah, I'm glad you know I wasn't so completely wanted... off course here. No, no, no. Like there's hard, there's hours of hard science that have, that have gone into uh, into selecting these names and proving their worthiness. Would you like to hear my first team all lit? Dan, you know, as of right now, of course, it's amenable to change. But you know, 
at first blush, my uh, first team all it it at point guard we have. Can you guess? Point guard. Fuck, I don't know, man. Kyrie. One Russell Westbrook. Oh, of course, yeah. One Russell Westbrook. The human MDMA trip. Yeah. Uh, shooting guard, we have Dion Waiters. In place of the injured J.R. Smith. J.R. is second team. <laughs> J.R. is second team shooting guard. And uh, he's also a player coach. Right. Uh, if we're being honest. He is, uh, he's, he's in the rafters. He doesn't even have to play. It is, it is a weird, like, it feels weird not seeing him for on first team. Yeah. But, you know. Life is life. Uh, so small forward Nick Young, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, power forwards is where like it get it got a little like hairy for me this year. Um, so I went back to one Udonis Haslam. What for power forward? Damn. <laughs> That's like I feel like Obi Wan Kenobi. That's a name I haven't heard of in a very long time. Like Udonis Haslam does not belong on any list in 2017. In my opinion. No, he belongs on a very specific list <laughs> of basketball drugs and f- insanity. All, AKA the all team. You do not have to let it, let it be. Let's be clear. You do not have to be good at basketball to be an all it all star. That's fair. You have to believe in yourself and your ability to go out there and win a championship with no proof to actually back your, your notions. That's all you need. So here we here we get into uh, another one. You you might like this center first team starting all lit. One the Marcus Cousins. Okay, I was about to say like if Cousins wasn't a small forward, he has to be the center. Cousins is about, is about as lit as it gets. Uh, the, yeah, no, especially the way he's not a small forward. Yeah, <laughs> especially the way that he started just chucking threes this year and like making them. What the. F- <laughs> What the hell? He it's like if you added like a mounted fifty caliber to the top of a triceratops. Yeah. Like he was already unstoppable and now he's draining like twenty-eight footers. Contested, mind you. Like these aren't these aren't like the Embiid like slowly lift off the ground like he's levitating with no one for fifteen feet around him. Demarcus is pulling up like Kyrie Irving contested like level three-pointers and hitting them the thing the thing that like absolutely puts cousins on the first team is that i I continue to read things it's like talking to anonymous gms they're like i absolutely would not trade for cousins like not only is it like not (laughs) only is it an attitude thing that's real but like watching the tape (laughs) the 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 plays that he like takes off and like hurts his team and stuff like that they're like Mm-hmm. We're not gonna. We're not going to bring that on just for what he brings to the table. And I'm like, I I can't take it. Just watching a game with Demarcus Cousins is about as fun an experience as you'll have watching a big man. You know, it's not like the it's not like the shack of the old days where he just like powers someone down and like backs him in and and like you know gets a little mini hook shot. Like Cousins just does everything, and it's so much fun to yeah. watch. And, like, there's no way that, like, putting him on a team doesn't immediately improve everything about that team. And the fact that, like, there are some GMs out there that don't want Cousins on their team, that's what puts him on the all-lit team. 
because he absolutely, absolutely. Sh- should be on every team, but because he's just he's boogie above all else, that puts him on the all lit team. Yeah, if you strike fear into the heart of mayonnaise men in places of power in NBA franchises, you have earned your bona fides of the all lit team. Um, to Marcus Cousins, it, like he could literally be the best teammate. He could be. He could be Mother Teresa of basketball, but we don't know because he's in the shithole vacuum of the Kings. Oh, probably forever. Yeah. I, I really hope he I doesn't sign the extension. And the, like, I either want to see him go to a different team or I want to see some crazy shit happen where like John Wall joins his team or something like that. Like, I want to see Bookie with another star. Like, I just want to see what that looks like. You know, like, I want to see it implode if it's going to implode. But, like, it, that's going to be interesting if nothing else. Boogie to the Knicks. <laughs> Fucking Boogie to the Knicks, man. Dude, New York would eat Boogie oh up. God. They would love him. Or would Boogie eat New York? <laughs> yes. He would... Oh, it would be great to see that Boogie be... just go to New York and get fat like Eddie Curry and just, like, not give oh, a shit. Yeah. Oh, they clear out... Oh, imagine Chris Paul... Gets cleared out, goes to the Knicks, him and DeMarcus together. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I am oh, – I am – the blood is flowing. All right. So, we, yeah, we have DeMarcus Cousins. Sec, all right. So, second team. Second team all lit point guard. We'll, we'll move through these. Brandon Jennings. Okay. J.R. Smith, as we said, for shooting guard. Small forward. Gerald Green. Uh, power forwards. Kenneth Fareed. Okay. He's a nice guy. He's very nice. He's too nice he to be on the all lit yelled, team. He's too he nice. also yelled out of a moving limousine that he had a giant monster dick. So you know, you that's got to count for something. That is fair. I mean, but everyone knew that already. I'm not. Like, I'm not happy with it. There is no way. You'll, you'll like my next. Okay. One. All right. All right. Second team center all lit. Joel Embiid. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. fuck it, man. Yeah. Embiid is like. So, such a gold child. Here's the thing about Fareed that I would that I would disagree with. The other the other guy from the Nuggets, I would rather put on there. Their fucking passing phenom is it, uh, Wilson Chandler. No, 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 no. Oh. Is it? It's not Jokic. Is it? Is that his name? Oh, Nikola Jokic. Yeah, I. He was in my consideration. He's but he I just was, like was... he's so fancy as fuck, and that's what I love about him. Like he just like. He's one of those guys that just makes a pass look three times harder than it should be. Like that that's the kind of dude I yeah, want on the like all like, Full like he throws it out there like he's like shot putting yeah, the ball. It's like a simple like, bounce like pass extra. and he does like three pirouettes like after he like throws it that yeah. makes it look like the greatest thing of all time. I love that dude. I love <laughs> I love basketball players that make simple plays look incredibly difficult. Yeah. And he's just so big in European <laughs> that like everything it feels like avant-garde art with him. Right. Like there's I, like he's not smiling, he's not emoting, but he's just like making brilliant things happen. He's I love Nikola Djokic. Um, I brought him up and with Worldwide Wild while we were uh, Rob Perez while we were discussing this list and drafting it down a bit, and he's like too white, I'm, like. <laughs> You can be white and Europeans not white. No, exactly. Like those those guys are sometimes just like <laughs> the most hardcore dudes. 
You know, like you can't look yeah. at uh, Porzingis and be like too white. Like that dude's got a nasty streak in him. You know, like those European yeah. dudes, like you don't want to fuck with them. Like it used to be a knock on guys. So you'd be like, oh, well, they're European. Oh. It used to be like uh, another word for soft. But now these guys come into yeah. the league and they're like, oh. they're uh, secretly they're soft from, like, as Georgia. Nails. Yeah. Yeah. You, you don't want to fuck with the yeah, Europeans. Yeah, no, that's these the days. thing. Like, like Zaza Pachulia seemed to light and leave a child's eyes. <laughs> like, he, it, like, you don't mess with that dude. Dude, when I when these I guys saw coming from Serbia, George, <laughs> when I saw that Zaza had been around for like fifteen seasons, I about lost my shit. Sure, why not? I like it was like, of course, dude, he's like one of those. One of those giant Mario heads that crushes down intermittently in, like, Bowser's castle. That's a top. That's, like, he lives inside that. Right. That's his head. Uh, speaking of which, uh, third string, all lit, Ivica Zubak. Zoo Chains. Zoo Alcender. Dan, <laughs> I legitimately have no idea what the fuck <laughs> he just said. Uh, you, do you have League Pass? Jesus Christ. I do, but, you like. You know who Ivica Zubak is, right? I do not. He is the Euro... Okay. Imagine a more pallid Kristaps uh, Porzingis who plays for the Lakers. Oh, that guy? Oh. Yes. I don't yeah. know, man. He's like, he's like bad... He's like bad stops. Bad Kristaps. <laughs> I mean, I've seen... Not even stops. I've seen a large white male... Like sometimes putting hook shots into the basket for the Lakers, but I have no idea who he is, and I have no care <laughs> to know who he is. <laughs> could be Vladi Divac, could be Timothy Mozgov. I don't know. Right. I'm too drunk to taste this chicken. Uh, Montrez Harrell, he's in also in uh, consideration. He Mario Hazonia, he's a he's a continued dark horse. Lo- love Hazonia. I mean, like. We we talked about it. He's he's one of the candidates for the White J.R. Smith Award. He's just a guy that yeah. will just jack it up no matter White what. White swish. Yeah. <laughs> White swish. Yeah. He's uh he's a special he's a special dude. I I'm convinced he has to wear like certain compression shorts because he shoots like he's like he's swinging hammers. Like he's got a uh, no matter what the situation. Like he's got is. Kenneth Freed's dick. He shoots like he's got Kenneth Freed's dick. Yeah. Oh, he's got a Gila monster down there. Um, Hi, mom. By the way, in case you're listening hey, to this mom. podcast. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Uh, so the, I, that's that's all for the all lit team. Um, we'll, we're going to tweak it further, but hopping off of that, there is a there is a kind of troubling thing that we heard that could actually affect one of the members of the all lit team standing, and that was the. Uh, a tweet today by one J.R. Smith claiming that he does not actually drink Hennessy. What? Well, hold on, hold on. Did he say he doesn't drink Hennessy or he doesn't drink Hennessy anymore? Because that's a big distinction. I believe it's obviously anymore. Right. Because we've seen him drink Hennessy. I mean, look, the man, (laughs) the man is a father and a husband like as much and? as as much as we love to think about him as a shirtless vagabond walking around chugging Hennessy, like the real world has to catch up at some point. 
And especially if he's trying to stay healthy and relevant during his injury. Like, of course he's not drinking Hennessy right now. But once he gets healthy, once he starts playing basketball, once the Cavs start winning, the motherfucker's going to start chugging Hennessy again. Because that's the way life works. It's very true. Uh, well, well, two things. A, one, don't you dare try to humanize my sports heroes. I'm sorry. With you. It's the truth. Don't you dare try to humanize my sports <laughs> heroes. Two, I, I am buying in that there. this is definitely uh, what could what passes for J.R. Smith as an attempt at smoke and mirrors, like a, a flare he's shooting off. Because mm-hmm. like, he is injured, and he can't be like, Hell yeah, I'm I'm on that hen right, right now. He can't pull the the Joel and be yeah. like I I've, I've done nothing but drink Shirley Temples for the last two years, like sort of shit. Yeah, he's got to play it safe and be like, no guys, it's all good. Like no Hennessy, just me working out, like drinking uh, spinach <laughs> smoothies and just shit me in the playbook. Yeah, especially so, yeah, especially with true. LeBron like, James is... on his fucking team because you know LeBron is like paying attention. To every single thing that JR is doing and is making sure that he's on yeah. point. Because LeBron James yeah. does not fuck around and I want to talk about him. Yeah. Well, real quickly, I do agree that this is JR's, uh, you said, maturing. Everyone has to grow up eventually. His growing up is learning that you can't talk about drinking in his <laughs> for three months. That is that is a big emotional and uh, you know mental step for him. The first That's, rule, you know, the first rule of Hennessy Club is, is we don't talk about Hennessy Club. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's very true. But going back to to LeBron, yeah, I wouldn't be talking about. Uh, I wouldn't even be using the word Hennessy on on in person on digital media anywhere with LeBron in the ultimate pissed off dad yeah. coming home from work mode. LeBron he is in right now. LeBron feels like big brother right now. He, he literally does. Like, I don't think any Cavs player like goes home and like does anything without feeling like LeBron's going to know about it somehow. And like, that's the way you're supposed to, <laughs> that's the way like you feel about your coach or your GM or something. But like LeBron is this all knowing, all seeing eye and it's a little well, bit he like... Are, he is those things. Yes. <laughs> and here's the thing. The whole feud between him and Chuck, like, I've got... I, I, I'm, I'm having trouble coming down on, like, one side or the other. On one hand, I think Charles Berkeley had legitimate criticism that LeBron is being whiny and, like, he's got the highest paid roster in the league and he's still talking about, we need to bring on a playmaker and, like, all this shit, like enough LeBron like you've you've basically built this roster out of your own will and like peer pressure and shit like we get it you don't need to like start bitching about what else you need at the same time I'm on LeBron's side because when you get criticized (laughs) on some bullshit on NBA on TNT you should be able to fire back as much as you want and I respect LeBron's ability to Wikipedia Charles Barkley and just bring out all of the bullshit that he's done in his life, which, yeah, like, I get it, but it's not really relevant to him calling you whiny. 
Like, if he was saying that you're yeah. too buddy-buddy with other players, then bring up how he was joking around with MJ. If you were to say that he's not focusing on his team enough, bring up how you incurred all this gambling debt and, like, you spit on a kid. But, like, the fact that you're whining about needing another player, Barkley was correct on that, and nothing that LeBron brought up connected with that at all. So, I, I, I'm... I'm Part Team Braun because I love a player breaking out of their shell, like, you know, saying the same thing over and over again to just, like, roasting someone that's criticizing them. That's great. But, like, Barkley had legitimate criticism. So here's the thing. You said you're impressed that uh, LeBron did homework on Chuck and, you know, came prepared with all the receipts when he was going to air out the dirty laundry and clap back. And I agree. It was very, it was a remarkably thorough list, but I actually think that LeBron's had that on deck. I think LeBron has all the receipts. And the more I think about it, the more I even become more impressed about LeBron's uh, gradual thawing into a human being because he's, I realize now how much okay so i was annoyed by him being a brand bot i'm like he doesn't say all these things like he has no personality no lebron has a shitload of personality he and and i am becoming i am now in awe when i think about this dude has been able to keep this shit under wraps for a decade and change like he has had all this to say and he hasn't said it until now like and he's finally in DGAF mode. It's almost like that's a Herculean effort for for him to have kept his trap shut. And I love now that he's not doing it. And I'm even more impressed, I guess, now that he was able to, like, not literally want to strangle or or put uh, Charles Barkley in a grave on television for the last 10 years. Like, uh, I, I think he knew all that. I think these are just things that he's known being around the league. Everyone, I'm sure, talks shit about Charles Barkley consistently. He knows all the stories. Uh, he's like a less, uh, less. He's like um, Michael Jordan with less mystique. I mean, it's true. <laughs> like you're absolutely right. Like yeah. winning a championship in Cleveland emboldened him to become a person again. Like, he, he felt like he had to yeah. kind of keep everything inside because of all the criticism and, like, everything. But once he won a championship in Cleveland, he was untouchable. Like, you couldn't say anything bad about LeBron. No. Like, he proved that, like, whatever happens in the regular season doesn't matter as long as, it, as, long as you deliver in the playoffs. And he, he won a championship for Cleveland. Like, he can pretty – like, I feel like he's Donald Trump where he's like, I could kill a guy – and people would still be on my side. Like, that's how <laughs> LeBron is right now after he won in Cleveland. Like, he feels very emboldened to say whatever he wants to say. And I think it's proved right now. He went yeah. hard against Barkley. And no one is like, man, LeBron is in the wrong here. No, because we're all, we all deep down love this, like, pissed off fucking LeBron. And, uh. What was I going to say? Yeah, the fact that, like, the fact that he's become human and he's, he's, he's made this transition, like, it, it's because, like you said, he, mm. he had a debt. He felt like he owed something. Do you come popping around, uh, popping off of the mouth where you, when you are indebted nope. to someone else or you, you feel like, uh, you nope. haven't done your job? No, you, you stay quiet and hope, uh, you know, 
until that shit happens because you don't feel like you've earned it. And that's just like, it's insane that he's been able to keep this all down for so long. And I'm an asshole for writing him for <laughs> the better part of a decade and calling him a brand bot. All right. So we got through Braun and Barkley. One last thing here. We're, we're, God, we, we guys, we're giving you like a good long session today, guys. Yeah. I feel like hour? it's time for, for us. Like we need a little something for you and me. Yeah. Uh, it's it's about that time, yeah. don't you think, Dan? All right, yeah, yeah. This is actually this is more for me. This is our this is this is our sixty second time to rant or gloat about our prospective teams. Dan is an Indiana basketball fan. <sighs> I am a Kentucky basketball fan, yeah. and I'm very excited to hear Dan talk about Indiana basketball for 60 seconds right now. So, Dan, let me get my timer ready. You start thinking about all of the glowing <sighs> things you want to say about Tom Crean and company. <laughs> I It's mostly going to be sighing, and that, like, it warms me up inside like bourbon. Are you ready, Dan? <laughs> I, and I just wish just go. I hope your kids can't read. Go ahead. No, you. I went. You're on, you're the, on clock, the clock, man. Oh. Oh. I want off. All right, fine. I will talk I about Kentucky off. basketball right now. No, I mean I want. <laughs> I want off the ride. I I have no fucking idea how this team. It, we're literally entering. We're breaking. New ground on fucking futility here. We we we're literally going where no team has gone before in beating national title contenders, still national title contenders, soundly at the beginning of the year, to losing to the mighty Morphin Mastodons, and then basically having to put Penn State away with a shovel in triple overtime and chop it up and uh, fucking spread it across the field and hope no one saw from the highway. <laughs> It is sad. It is a sad state of affairs. I am numb inside. I want off the ride. Everything is misery. The world is a sham. That was beautiful, That's man. <laughs> I um, I hope. I mean, like, there's there's no way, like, Cream beating <laughs> Kansas at the beginning of the year. Oh, now you're gonna weigh, weigh in, in on my misery. Cream beating right. Kansas at the beginning of the year basically like guaranteed him another like, year of being the coach. Like, what? They're going to build him a fucking Hogwarts <laughs> castle, this fucking guy. All right, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm done gloating in your misery because I honestly... It is the, is the most cream thing of all time. Right. That's the last thing I'll say. It is literally the most cream thing of all time. It's the most cream season of all cream seasons. All right, now I'm putting you on the clock. Matt, you have 60 seconds to gloat in my face. All right. I'll start with saying that Kentucky has played only four good teams all year, and they are one in three against those teams. So that is worrying. I mean, the the fact of the matter is, I like all of the individual pieces on this team. I wish Bam Adebayo had more offensive skill, but for the most part, I like everyone. Malik Monk has the ability to catch fire on like just about anything I've ever seen. But I say that he's like the the super sexy side chick. That you, that, you see, that you see, but like De'Aaron Fox is the, the wifey material that you bring home to your parents. He's the steady guiding force of this team. 
and I love it. I just wish that they played with the sort of reckless confidence that they had at the beginning of the year. Because I feel like they're all on each other's heads right now. And Calipari is just kind of like pushing him a little bit too much. He'll make a tweak pretty soon. But like right now I'm worried. Most of the time I talk about Kentucky after they've won a game, a big game. And this time I don't have anything. So, I, yeah, I'm worried. And you're done. That's, that's basically what it boils down to. I'm uh, I'm confident but worried at the same time. I feel all of the emotions simultaneously. Those last two sentences didn't count. Everyone, please. <laughs> Disregard. Uh, can we have them Bailiff. for the record? Bailiff, please. Please. Oh, I, and I moved to strike. Um, yeah, no. Kentucky's good. And stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's sad, man, because, like... Two years ago, I was doing. I was excited. I was writing fucking recaps on my own time for Bleacher Report of Indiana, like basketball games against like fucking early like, on. Iowa. You're doing it early in the like, season, and then no, I wrote about like UNC, like Charlottesville. That's not even a thing. <laughs> That's a daycare for kids who aren't loved. I don't. I mean, and I was writing like 2000 words on these things in photoshopping pieces because it was just like, I had hope in my breast had a twinkle in my eye. And I'm like, this is okay. Things are actually fitting together. There is a, there is a fucking system here. There is a, there is Matt, there's a rhythm and uh, a reason to this rhyme. And none of that now, like is all washed away. It is, is, is all just so become... Here, here's the thing I'll say about this, and I'm not going to talk about Kentucky or Indiana anymore, but mostly just the fact that, like, yeah. I love that this, at this, like, time in history, sports writers are allowed to love a team, and mostly it's great yeah. because that mostly involves heartache. If you love a team, there's, like, a <laughs> one in a hundred chance that they're going to win a championship. That sort of thing. You know, like one in 30 if it's a professional team. So mostly what you know is bad things. You know, like even even Kentucky, who's been in the Final Four, however, like five of the eight years that Calipari has been there, like they've only won one championship and they've had bad things happen at the end of seasons. Like sports writers and people that work in sports, like mostly know heartache. And I think that shapes who they are. Yeah. And, I, and I love hearing about fandoms. And I love, like, hearing Dan, like, bitch yeah. about Indiana. Because, like, it just, it doesn't matter at the basis of all levels. Like, who the fuck cares? Like, what, like, what these 18-year-olds yeah. do? Like, but it, it somehow matters to us. And that just, like, it makes me happy that it, that it somehow matters. Like we can kind of be cynical about things and be haters because we're the player haters. But yeah. I, I I love that we love things for stupid reasons, and uh, and we can talk about it like that. Yeah. Yeah. As cynical as we all are, we still have our like one loves, and uh, you know, like being a sports fan. Like if you apply game theory or any like real systematic like. Method methodology of logic, like you'd want you don't play that game is too close to a zero sum <laughs> right. game. Being a sports fan, like you are, no, I'll find something that isn't an existential nightmare ninety percent <laughs> of the time. Um, there are literally so many more rewarding and uh, 
things. But yeah. there aren't. <laughs> like, it, 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 it's the 10% that makes it all pay off. And that's why I keep saying, like, sports hasn't made me... Okay, well, JR made me cry recently, but I will ball like a, a, a baby if and when Indiana wins mm-hmm. the national title because I've been waiting my entire national life for it. And it's the only sports thing in my in our both of our very cynical sports in world outlooks. It is the only thing where we, we realize we're not we there are certain inescapable things to sports there's always an inescapable irrational passion and love and uh that's what you know makes me lose sleep at night uh that's kind of beautiful yeah. dan indiana basketball <laughs> thank you thank you there's uh you know life is cruel and tragic and you s- stay alive for the you know one spoonful of sugar you get every 25 years and with that, we're cutting off Player Haters Podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Nightmare Hour. The world is bad and you are too. Dan, Dan suddenly morphed into uh, an afternoon uh, sports talk DJ there for some reason. Thunder, thunder, thunder. Nah, but uh, I think that about wraps it up for us, guys. Thanks for listening. This is episode 11. We are going to tell you that we're going to try to do more regularly, and then we will disappoint you probably. I'm, I, I'm, we're apologizing <laughs> ahead of time. Uh, if you like this. That's because <laughs> we love you, and we appreciate you, all two yeah. of you reading or listening. All right, guys, that's that's it for me. It's Dan Carson. Uh, follow me at the Dr. Carson on Twitter. Uh, I have a Facebook verified page that oh, you will shit. never see, probably. And also, I yeah, no, you your verified things. Facebook page is incredibly impressive, and also simultaneously depressing at uh, how few likes you get on just about anything you post. <laughs> yeah, I posted that Richard Spencer uh, getting punch video. That's the most uh, most traction I've ever gotten. Half of it was people from Kansas telling me that. Uh, hate their way of life but uh you know it's all about engaging with uh, and uh, hey guys follow yeah. follow matt king follow matt king Bring at the real matt like king. most importantly he though is... let's get dan to five thousand followers guys all right this is like he's losing sleep at night oh. he's feeling bad about himself he's eating too much arby's like we need to get we need to get dan to five thousand <laughs> followers asap so follow him Guys, I, my, it's my white whale. It's my white whale, and I would like anything you could do to get me to that level. Um, I, I'm already, I've already amassed a long uh, list like that uh, Billy Madison movie <laughs> of people that I blame for not getting me to five. I'm not going to make that already. list. I'm not on that list. You don't want your name on that list. You don't, you don't want your name on the list. Guys, this is a mom and pop meme shop, but we like to get our liquor license. Like, you know, we like to get enough uh, enough uh, customers through the door to expand. Maybe build a patio. <laughs> Anyways, for Matt King, I'm Dan Carson. This is Player Haters Podcast. Thank you, guys. All five of you. We love you. Um, be back. Hate on, hate on. Hey, hey. How many L's we smoke?